principles, that one of the best things you can do to, uh, to live out your values and be the kind of person you want to be is to plan your day. So I plan out every single day down to the minute. One day in the life of near AL. So if, if you can design your day, which might be more or less in different days, but if you can design it, how do you design your day? What's a good flow of your day? Oh, so, you know, the second strategy uh, in my book, Indistractable, is about making time for traction. And uh, it's all about planning out your day that this has been shown in thousands of studies. This isn't something I made up. This has been shown now in thousands of peer-reviewed studies published in respected academic journals, that one of the best things you can do to, uh, to live out your values and be the kind of person you want to be is to plan your day. So I plan out every single day down to the minute. And you can too, you should. And this is why we should stop using to-do lists. To-do lists are terrible because they're nothing more than a list of output. And I know everybody uses them because some guru told us that's how we get things done. And let me tell you, I'll, I'll show you right now why they don't work. Let me ask you, for those of you who keep a to-do list, right? Answer honestly. When was the last time you finished everything on your to-do list? Okay, answer. Never, I'll, I'll never. The results. And you know, the guru is here four times, never finished all the tasks of all the lists, of course. Thank you. Everyone I've ever asked this question to of, hey, you keep a to-do list. When was the last time you finished everything? Everybody's answer is always the same. Uh, I didn't finish everything today or yesterday or the day before that or actually this entire week. And why do we keep using this technique that doesn't freaking work? <laughs> the reason a to-do list doesn't work is because it's a list of output, but you can't have output without input. Well, what's your input? For knowledge workers, our input is two things, time and attention. So if you don't plan that time, things don't get done. Here's the thing. You cannot call something a distraction. Don't do what I used to do and say, oh, the world is so distracting. I can't get anything done. It's Facebook. It's Twitter. It's my boss. It's my kids. It's blah, blah, blah. It's everybody but me. If you can't show me what's on your calendar, right? If I look at your calendar and there's white space on there, you cannot say you got distracted because what did you plan to do? Everything is a distraction if you don't decide in advance what you want to do with your time. You cannot call something a distraction unless you know what it distracted you from. So I can tell you exactly what my ideal day looks like because I've planned it out a week in advance. And it only takes me 10 minutes a week and it's changed my life. I'm in the best shape I've ever been. I'm 42 years old. I've never been in better physical shape because I exercise when I say I will. I've never been more productive in my work because I write and I, I do my research when I say I will. I've never had a better relationship with my wife. Uh, I've been married now for 18 years and I've never had a better relationship with her because I'm with her and I'm fully present when I say I will be. So this is really about living with, with intent. It's about living with personal integrity. And part of that is deciding how you will spend your time. You know, we call it paying attention, right? You pay attention. And we call it that for a reason because there is value there. Just like you would pay with dollars or euros or, or pounds, you pay with your time and attention. And yet many of us, we just give it out to whoever wants it, right? You know, somebody taps you on the shoulder, uh, you get a phone call, something crazy happened on Facebook or Instagram. Oh my God, yeah, sure, just take as much of it as you want. The only way to protect it is to plan out ahead of time what is traction for you and what is distraction. Powerful. So do the whole week, design the whole week, design the day, put in the time for the input.
The highest calling right now is to be of service. So the best sales is to not sell at all, but instead to serve the people you care about. Selling is telling. So who do you serve? And how do you serve them? The quality of this experience makes the difference. If you want our experts to go over your current sales funnel and really dive into the experience and the needs of your clients at each conversion point and make it a wow experience, then you are in luck because we have an exercise for you. Our 15-minute sales audit and one-on-one -on -one coaching with a world-class sprint coach. Fill out a couple of questions about your sales funnel and you will have clarity. In your personalized coaching session, you will get clarity on your number one bottleneck, three ideas on how to accelerate your growth, and a tangible sales map on how to double your conversions. Go to strategysprints.com sales and do our 15-minute free sales audit today. How about the not knowable, the changes? Do you leave some buffer and call it buffer? Or how do you sure. make it possible that you can change stuff around? Yeah. So again, so it's about uh, a mistake repeated more than once is a decision. So one I get all the time is how can I plan for traffic? And this happened, you know, before Corona, but you know, how do I, but there's many things in life like this, you know, how do I know how long I'll spend in traffic? Don't we spend time in traffic every single day? Yeah. And how many, how many minutes can it be? You know, if it's a fast commute, maybe it's 20 minutes. If it's a long commute, 45. Well, we can plan for that. <laughs> it's not a surprise. It happens every day. We, we have to get sit in traffic, or at least we used it before Corona. And so when the unexpected happens, and sometimes there is truly events that do not repeat themselves. So remember, the rule is if a mistake is repeated, then it's a decision. So if it happens once, if it's, you know, just something that comes out of nowhere, okay, not your fault. But if it happens again and again, now that's up to you. We can do something. We can plan ahead. We can plan buffers. We can rearrange our schedule. Now, most distractions, remember, they are not the things that occur outside of us, right? The things that we can't plan for, that's a small minority of things. The majority of what distracts us is what's going on inside of us. It's, oh, I'm feeling a little bit lonely. Let me just check Facebook for a minute. I'm feeling a little bored. Let me just check the news for a second. I'm uncertain. Let me just Google this one thing. Those are emotions that we seek to escape from. So you will reduce how distractible you are tremendously just by having the tools ready to deal with those internal triggers when they rear their ugly head. What are the tools? Journaling, meditation? None of that. <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work because people don't do it. Uh, I'll be very honest with you. If you have a meditation and journaling practice, keep doing it. The problem is that we've heard this advice up to here. I mean, I, if, I, if, I, if I do any more gratitude, I'm going to barf. <laughs> like, it doesn't work if you don't do it. And people don't do it. If you do it and it benefits you, keep doing it. But how do you tell somebody who can't get their day organized to make more time for gratitude? It doesn't work. And frankly, meditation makes you really good at meditating. It doesn't necessarily make you really good at avoiding distraction in other, in other areas of your life. So it's about understanding how to cope with that discomfort in a way that leads you towards traction rather than distraction. Part of it is understanding that feeling bad isn't bad. You see, the self-help industry has told us that we're supposed to be happy all the time, right? Isn't that what like every book tells me? I'm supposed to be happy and content and awesome all the time. And I'm here to tell you that that makes you 
re not be not able to cope with natural human reactions of being uncomfortable. It is part of our species heritage that that discomfort makes us better, right? We need that disquietude to get us to act, to build, to invent, to create. That's what drives us forward. It's about how do we deal with it. When we feel these uncomfortable emotional sensations, do we escape them? Do we look at our phones? Do we take a drink? Do we look for escape by watching the news so we can worry about other people's problems as opposed to having to think about our own? Or do we use those uncomfortable sensations in a healthy manner that leads us towards traction rather than distraction? So I cite research from acceptance and commitment therapy to show you exactly how to do that. Unfortunately, we have only a, a minute or two left here. It's a, it would take more time to explain, but the techniques are absolutely there. And so what I want to do is arm people with those techniques so that they don't have to seek escape. They can use these techniques to push themselves towards traction rather than distraction. There is so much to unpack here. You have to come back soon, my friend. Uh, where can people get into your orbit, uh, subscribe sure. to your knowledge? Yeah, so my website is nearandfar.com. That's spelled N-I-R, like my first name, N-I-R-andfar.com. And uh, the book is called Indistractable. There's a free 80-page workbook on my blog as well. And you can find that at indistractable.com. It's spelled I-N, the word distract, A-B-L-E. So indistractable.com. Thank you so much, Nir. Come back soon. Pleasure. And people, read his books, Hooked, Indestructible, and get everything you can get from this guy. This is pure gold. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Bye-bye. Thank you.